Elite Expert Insider, the podcast that educates, inspires, and motivates you to take your business and life to the next level. We would like to thank Audible for supporting Elite Expert Insider. Please go to the link bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. That's bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. And get a free 30-day trial to show your support. Thank you, Audible. Now to Elite Expert Insider for conversations with industry leaders. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here. Um, please, if you like us, send us love, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. We answer all our reviews. Um, if you have any questions for our guest today, you can leave them there as well, and uh, we'll get back to you. So we're going to have a fantastic show today. Let me tell you, we have a lady here who I've met personally, I've done an event with, we were both speakers at. Uh, Valerie Burton is a three-time author, I want to say, maybe four-time. She may even have another one in the works. Ten. Ten. Oh, my gosh. How did I miss all those other books? So, <laughs> ten-time author. She is a professional at this. So um, we are so happy to have her today. Her uh, latest book is uh, How to Think Differently as a Successful Woman. And really to get your mind wrapped around that, we're going to go deep into that. We're going to find out a little bit about what it took for her to be um, an author 10 times and to write all those books and uh, to capture what has made her successful in her life and her journey. So Valerie, thanks for coming today and taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you just launched a book recently. Thanks for coming. Well, I'm celebrating my next book uh, so I am taking a break in the middle of writing and I'm about to get on a plane later today because I'm speaking in Houston tomorrow hey you'll be with us All yeah right. <laughs> where are you speaking at in Houston let's see it's called the be happy women's conference which church is it triumph church in Stafford outside of Houston oh awesome yeah well tell us a little bit how did you get started writing books in your journey well I always uh, was a bit of a writer. Um, I remember first being told I could write. I was probably around second grade, and I always loved books. I was an only child until I was 20 years old, so books were like friends to me. And so I just, I just loved reading, loved books, and um, I thought eventually I might write a book. I remember first thinking that when I was around 20 years old. Um, but I went into public relations and I was good at what I did, but I, around 26, had an epiphany that I was supposed to inspire women to live more fulfilling lives, that I'd do it through writing and speaking, and that was in 1999. And so I started writing my first book then. Uh, I self-published it within a few months of that epiphany, and then the next year, Random House picked that book up, and, uh, and then I just continued writing. Uh, what a great point. I think that encourages people who are self-publishing that they can get picked up by a big publishing house. Yeah, that was always my goal when I self-published. I, I, I was so on fire because I felt like God had spoken to me about my mission. And I did not want to wait for someone to validate what I already knew God told me that I was supposed to do with my life. And I was... You know, I had I wrote the book in just a few months, so I really wanted to publish it. And being that I was already in PR and marketing, I felt very comfortable um, working with photographers and printers and, you know, and editing. I have a master's degree in journalism, so I was able to edit and, and work with some family members who were good writers and friends to edit my first book when I self-published it. So I, 
it was a great big project for me. It was very fun to get to self-publish. Of course, self-publishing was a little different back then uh, than it is now. Very different. I mean, that was, um, you had a lot of courage to self-publish back then because it was a much bigger hurdle to get over and do that process. Yeah, I went directly to a printer, um, found out what I had to do. I laid my first book out in Microsoft Word myself. Um, I hired a graphic designer to design the cover, hired the photographer to do the, do the photo shoot, um, and I b bought a book about how to self-publish, and I literally followed it step by step. I had to get the ISBN numbers, all of that kind of stuff, and then I went to independent bookstores where I lived in, in Dallas at the time and got them to carry my book on consignment. Um, and then within the first couple of months, I was able to get Barnes & Noble to pick up my self-published book, and they connected me with a distributor. I mean, it was a lot of work. I can tell you that I appreciate my publisher so much because I know what it is to do every element of what now I have, you know, 15 or 20 people, the sales department, the editorial department, the PR department, the marketing department, the graphic designers. <laughs> I was all of those things, um, and it taught me a lot. It really did. Well, now you get to focus on what you do best, which is writing, and have somebody else do all the legwork. Um, I really hate it to you. Oh, my gosh. So you were just a writer. Really, you're an entrepreneur as well. Um, yeah. To start yeah, I started the, the, when I published the book, I started a business called Pearl Books, named it after my grandmother, uh, who published that first book. And it, it was a lot of, of legwork, you know when stores in other parts of the country started carrying the book I had to keep track of you know who ordered what and of course people individually ordering the books um, you know we published I, I had about 3,000 copies of that first book printed myself so I had to keep track of all of that um, it was it was a lot of work but it was my dream and then so it didn't really matter I was gonna do what I had to do um, to be able to get my book published and um, and I certainly don't regret it at all. It was definitely worth it, but a lot of work. <laughs> how, is your, how have you used your books to create your platform and your business? Well, I think those things have emerged from the books. Um, my speaking opportunities primarily come because someone's read the book, then they've gotten on my newsletter list, or they've come to one of my coach training events. So the, the books are... I didn't create the books to be marketing tools, but the books are natural marketing tools because when people are helped by what you've written, they want it in another format. And so, um, you know, whether they're looking for another one of my books or they want me to come speak or I get, you know, a, an interview or something like that. And then, of course, over time, uh, because I began coaching after I was writing. Um, you know, I had lots of people asking, are you going to train coaches? So in 2010, we launched the CAP Institute, and we um, do coach training, and we have uh, uh, accredited coach training programs and, you know, hundreds of coaches that have gone through that. So the books still are what lead people even to the coach training because they'll say, gosh, I read the book, then I went to your website, then I discovered so many of the other things that you offer. I love how you said that the – book is a natural marketing tool mm -hmm. because like a lot of people write books today as a marketing tool and yeah. I like how you said you know you started out with 
just writing the book and wanting to share your message and it just became the natural marketing tool which I think is really key for today it is because that's my mission you know my mission is is about inspiring women and so if it somehow becomes twisted and I'm and I think my mission is about the business that I'm going to get then I'm not going to be focused on why I'm here and so it's very important to me that women's lives are actually transformed as a result of what I'm writing. And if, you know, and I, and I write the books like I'm writing to a friend. I actually imagine one of my close girlfriends when I'm writing. So it's interesting because a lot of times women will say, I felt like you were talking to me. And I was like, that's right, because I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. And if it's changing your life, you're going to talk about it. I don't have to pressure you to talk about my book. Um, if it's helping you, you want to share it, and that's I think I think that's really really important. You know, there's two things that uh, I want to touch on that are really important. One is that the book propelled other products for you outside of writing that maybe you weren't anticipating. So your book propelled. You started with the message of the book, but you're transforming women's lives by becoming a coach and speaking to them, and they're digesting your material in another way. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have a coaching opportunity for them to go through the training to coach other women and spread your message out on a whole other level that way. Yeah, uh, I just think that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> that people don't get the challenge in writing or even marketing in general is um, that you did speak to that one person. I think people try and uh, spread their message and talk to a group or a mass of people, and it makes you so much more intimate and tied into somebody speaking to that one person. You really have a gift that way with your words, and even when you're in person, when I heard you speak, it was really like you were speaking to your best girlfriend, and that's such a great message, um, a, a lesson to learn in marketing in general when you're doing that. Well, you can only talk to one person at a time. I mean. You know, if, if I'm on stage and I'm thinking about talking to the 2,000 people that are standing there, the message ends up kind of missing the individual. And mm -hmm. this is a very personal message, a message around happiness and around resilience. You know, just as you were sharing, Melanie, some of the things you've bounced back from, that's really personal. And so when I'm talking to people, they're thinking about what they're going through, the career change they want to make, the divorce they're trying to get through, you know, whatever's going on with their children, you know, the business they want to launch. And so I think it's important to break it down in a way that feels very personal because that's when I think people grasp onto the message and they understand how to apply it in their own lives. Yeah. Now, how would you say in your books, how do women think differently to be successful? Say that again, how do women do what? How do women need to think differently to be successful? Oh, wow, there's, there's quite a few ways. Now, in Successful Women Think Differently, I specifically talk about these nine habits, but the whole idea behind the book, which emerged out of my capstone project when I went to graduate school uh, to study applied positive psychology, um, it, you can have two women with very similar gifts, similar talents, um, similar backgrounds, resources, and you have one that excels and the other kind of languishes or she, she's average. And mm -hmm. so the question is, what's different? Because it's not necessarily that they you know, don't have the same ability. Um, oftentimes we're looking at steps and we think, if I could just take the same step that she took, I'll land in the same spot. But that's really not true. Think about trying to lose weight. If um, you ask anyone, how do you lose weight, we all know. 
you know, eat less, you know, eat more healthy foods, <laughs> eat a little less, exercise more. It's not rocket science. But what keeps one person from doing, the other person doesn't. It's what they're saying to themselves in the face of their challenges, their obstacles, the inevitable temptations that are going to come up. And so successful women, when they face a challenge or when they're faced with an opportunity, actually say something different to themselves than the average woman. And so if you can build the kind of self-awareness where you're able to notice, especially when you're not getting the results you want, what am I saying to myself? What, what are my thoughts? And are these thoughts helping me or are they hurting me? So that's really at the core of what I'm talking about in Successful Women Think Differently. We know it's like a recording. I tell people that uh, you can change the radio station. So if you're playing that song in your head and you don't yeah. like it and it's not getting you where you want to go, you need to hit the button and change the station yeah. and fill it with other stuff. What are some of the things women should be filling their heads with? What should be on their radio station that plays over and over again? Well, I think it's important to notice where you get stuck. What, you know, what is the one doubt that's persistent? What is that one thing that you hear over and over that makes you afraid, that causes you to stop when you know you need to move forward, address that one little thing. If it's, I'm not good enough, or I don't have what it takes, or what are people going to think, go ahead and answer that question. So get very clear about the thoughts that are causing you to hesitate so that you can address those thoughts. And, and it's not just about being positive in your thinking, but for example, if you're having the thought that, you know what, I don't have what it takes, then ask yourself, what would it take? How can I acquire those skills? Is there someone who has those skills already that I could bring in who could help me? So you begin answering those questions that, you know, a lot of times we just get stuck, that we, we hear the question, and then we think, well, I can't move forward. I don't think I have what it takes. I can't move forward. As opposed to saying, well, what if I don't have what it takes? How do I work around that? And for women in particular, and research will back this up, we tend to underestimate ourselves. Yeah. So if you even recognize that sometimes you think you need something in order to succeed, that you may not even need. <laughs> and so you have to also question the accuracy of the thoughts that you have, because we can have thoughts that are completely untrue, and those thoughts can hold us back. And if you're able to say, wait a minute, that's not even the case. That doesn't even make sense then you're able to move forward. So, so it really is about stopping, questioning your thoughts. You know, are they accurate? Um, and if they are accurate, how can you work around them? You don't have to be positive that you can, um, you know, that you can make it to the finish line if there really is an obstacle. <laughs> but what you can be positive about is the idea that you could work around that obstacle or push through the obstacle. I like that it's about asking the right questions and turning the question yes. around, taking the negative question and saying, well, I don't have this or I'm afraid of that and what does it take to not have that? It's like, it's like the reverse engineering of the question. That's right. <laughs> that's brilliant. I think that's great. Tell us about um, your other book, the one that came out right before this one, um, about the, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Are you talking about Get Unstuck, Be Unstoppable? Yes, The Unstoppable. Or Happy Women Live Better. Uh, the Unstoppable book. Let's talk about Because okay. I, I love that term, to be unstoppable. To have that in your mind, maybe like no matter what gets in my way, no matter what hurdle happens, I'm going to plow through it. Unstoppable. Yes. I think that would be great for um, to give us some, some tips on that. Yeah, so Get Unstuck, Be Unstoppable 
is really about the, the word I love to speak on us, which is resilience. You, it's not that you're never stopped. <laughs> it's not that you never fall, that you never fail, that you don't make mistakes. We all do that. The question is, will you get back up? And if you always get back up, even if it takes you a long time to get back up, even if you look totally a mess when you get back up, <laughs> if you get back up, you're unstoppable. And ultimately, that's the goal. So the very first thing I talk about in Get Unstuck, Be Unstoppable, and it really is, I think, at the core of any, anyone that's going through personal growth, is to tell yourself the truth. Oftentimes we become stuck because we won't admit the things that we're going through or we don't admit um, where we feel stuck or what it is that we really, really want. Um, in relationships, for example, and I, I know a number of women who've done this and I've done it in my past, we will see something that doesn't feel quite right, we can't put our finger on it and we keep moving forward anyway. If you tell yourself the truth, oftentimes you can avoid ever getting stuck in the first place. But once you find yourself stuck, being able to admit that you're stuck and that there's a problem that needs to be solved is completely transformative and it can be scary. And it's okay to say, I'm afraid that I'm not willing to live my life um, in a way that's not authentic, um, that's not truthful, <laughs> where I have to pretend things are okay when they are not. Um, and so Get Unstuck, Be Unstoppable, for me, it's a spiritual, um, it's a spiritual experience, a spiritual journey to say I want to be whole, uh, I want to be free, and I want to live the life I know I was created to live. Let's go a little deeper on that relationship thing because um, single women, uh, you know, women who've been divorced and had to start all over again, um, you know, they are thinking like they have that little voice inside their head or inside their heart saying, well, this maybe isn't everything, but what else do I have to choose from out there? You know, it's hard to find somebody who's really great, so maybe you look over other things and your voice is saying, eh, maybe not, but you're like, well, this is better than whatever else is out there. So how do they deal with that? Do they go ahead and settle or do they say it's better to be on their own? Well, I think when you stop hoping, you start settling. And so it's a faith issue. The scripture in Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so if you're not hoping for anything, you really don't need any faith. It's a test of your faith to be patient and to believe that there's something greater in store for you. And so if you decide to settle, oftentimes what you're really doing is you're settling for someone who also has not done the work that they need to do to be free and to be where they are. So you're inviting problems from the very beginning. Um, and I understand what it feels like to be, you know, tempted to just say, well, this is better than, but truthfully, I'd rather be by myself <laughs> than settling and having to deal with drama and issues and knowing in my spirit that something isn't right. So, you know, having been divorced myself at 36, um, having wanted to be a mom and not having children at that time and really needing to go on my own journey of healing mm -hmm. while still believing that marriage and family were possible was not easy at all. <laughs> um, and there were just moments where I just cried and I just thought, God, why? Why? Why do I have to be in this position? This is not the way I planned my life. But 
I noticed my thoughts. I used the very things that I talk about. That's why I talk about it with such passion. And I said, you know, number one, if I'm going to be single the rest of my life, I'm going to be happy and single. And I'm going to take advantage of all the good things about being single, whether that's travel or doing whatever the heck I want to. <laughs> if I want to stay in bed all day on Saturday, I can do that. You know, I decided to look at what I had as opposed to looking at what I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided that there were some, some just very clear things that were needed. And if those things weren't present, uh, you know, and a potential partner, then I knew it wasn't going to work. I didn't need to be angry at the person, but it's like this, I know what the vision is. And so uh, God brought it all together. I mean, and I believe it was because I had the faith uh, to believe it and to be patient and to not allow my fear to direct my actions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I remarried uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, when I remarried, I... Um, got a bonus. I called them my bonus daughters, <laughs> my, my husband's uh, two daughters, um, and I became a bonus mom. And, uh, and, and even though we tried to get pregnant, that has not happened, but we last year adopted a beautiful little boy um, who is just my heart. Like I, I couldn't love him anymore. Um, and I realized that everything happens for a reason. And um, you know, sometimes the way you think it should happen is not the way it will happen, mm -hmm. but it can be even better than you thought because, <laughs> because you waited and you allowed things to unfold the way that they should. I think I shared with you both of my uh, two boys are adopted as well and had a similar journey as you. And wow. It is, they are just, they're 110% my kids, nobody else's kids. Uh, so you're my sons and nobody else's, even though they do have them. <laughs> My former husband, I do kind of share them with them, but I, I just tell them they're still mine and nobody else's. <laughs> well, you know what? He It's so cute because it's like he says things sometimes that are just for me. I mean, he's on this kick right now where he's just constantly saying, my mommy, my mommy. So when the girls come around, he you know, he tells them, my mommy, and they'll tease him back, and they'll go, my, they call me B-mom. They'll go, my B-mommy, and he's like, no. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's adorable because... I also need to hear that, you know, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. And the funniest part is people constantly tell my husband and I how much our son looks like us. And we go, oh, you think so? <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> yeah, God has a way of doing that. He lines all the stars up for you and makes it just the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Well, give us some um, leaving thoughts. Give us something that, uh, you know, a takeaway that maybe things, uh, something that a woman should be asking herself or should be telling herself that uh, will motivate her for the day. Oh, wow. You know, I think it's so important that you be clear about your purpose and your vision. I know that sounds so basic, um, but be, be able to the question, how is someone's life better when they cross paths with you? Mm -hmm. you know, the world should somehow be better every single day. And it, it doesn't have to be some big, huge thing that you do. But be present enough with people that somehow they got a boost in their day because they crossed paths with you. Um, That's a tweetable then, moment right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that alone brings you joy because it really is about serving. And, um, and then I think it's really important to know where you want to go from here. And so wherever you are, you may have already reached a vision, but what is the vision from here? And it doesn't have to always be about some grand achievement. Sometimes it is. 
Um, but oftentimes, you know, you might be at a point in your life where your goal is to be able to work less. You know, your goal may be able to uh, to to be at home and and not need to work, and that's an incredible goal. So the goal isn't always about doing more. Sometimes it's doing less. But make sure you have a goal that speaks directly to your heart, mm -hmm. um, to where you want to go, and to what's going to matter for you and your family long term. Yeah, that's great advice. Like that. Well, tell us, uh, give us your website. We're going to post it, but tell us exactly where we can find you and find all your materials. If so go to Valerie Burton. Or .com. Oops, I'm sorry. I think I'm talking over you. I hear That's an echo. We had some echo. Um, so go to ValerieBurton.com, uh, and you can subscribe to – I do a weekly column and news, newsletter, so in that top right corner you can subscribe to the newsletter and stay uh, abreast of all of my speaking engagements and things that are coming up. And then we've got a um, – our next coach training intensive, a three-day event here in Atlanta coming up May 21st through the 23rd. So you can find all of that information there as well. And then this summer, I'm so excited, we're launching the Successful Women's Academy, which is around this whole thought that the most successful women never stop learning. And it will be transformational online courses I'm so excited about uh, that really build on the whole successful women brand. So if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll be getting all the information uh, about that as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming today. It was just such a pleasure to see you again. You too, Melanie. And it was good to see you as well, Jen. Thanks so much for the interview. Thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> so um, please leave us a review, share us, um, share us over and over and over again, and um, please subscribe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> for more information about us, go to EliteOnlinePublishing.com. To get your free book, The Accomplishment and Success Story Starter, simply text your name and email to 832-572-5285. That's 832-572-5285. Five seven two five two eight five. We'd also like to thank Audible for supporting Elite Expert Insider. To get your free 30-day trial, please go to bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. That's bit.ly forward slash Elite Audible. And get your free 30-day trial to show your support. Thank you, Audible.